0: While working the rest of the day, Michael thought about Emmett and how strange it was that the one person on the ship besides Katie that remained a part of his life was the man he had fought with. Michael had fought with a lot of guys before. Afterwards, he became friends with many of them, sometimes not. With Emmett, though, it was different. From that moment on the ship, Emmett saw Michael as the enemy who needed to be crushed and humiliated. Shortly after arriving, Emmett had joined the local dead rabbit gang and had quickly rose through their ranks. One hot summer night, the gang leader disappeared. A week later, after a storm, his body washed up near the dock. His throat had been slashed. That night, while they were eating dinner, Katie looked up eating. Did you hear about the body washing up at the dock? Yes. Where did you hear it? At the market. "Do you know? Do they know who it is? Yeah, it was Ned, the leader of the dead rabbit gang that Emmett belonged to. Oh, Katie said. Yeah, I heard Emmett's now their leader. You need to be careful, Michael. I'm fine. Emmett's a bully and a coward. Please, I'm worried, Katie said as she got up to take the dishes to the sink. I will be. I promise. Promise me you'll be careful also. I will. I've already talked to Hazel and that... Megan, and we have agreed not to go anywhere alone for a while. We have also warned the other women. Good, Michael said. The murder was never solved, although the rumor quickly spread that Emmett was the killer. A rumor that Emmett let stand. Being harassed and threatened by Emmett became a part of Michael's life and the life of those around him. The only time there was true peace in the neighborhood was when Emmett was in jail or prison. Fortunately, that was often. Michael stood at the dock waiting for Mr. Cole. The hot July sun made the back of his neck itch. By 1861 he had been working off and on for Mr. Cole's organization for almost 10 years now. Mostly collecting money, but occasionally do some enforcement work. He dealt with the men who worked in Cole's organization. He figured they knew the consequences of their action, so he didn't feel bad when he had to enforce the rules against them. He knew Katie wasn't happy with him working for Mr. Cole, but he paid well and he needed the money. Good evening, sir. Hello, Michael. Do you know Mr. Davis? No, sir, I can't say I do. Well, it's not important. Let's just say he's important and has a lot of money. Unfortunately, his oldest has gone down the wrong road. And Mr. Davis wants him turned around. Has he tried talking to him? I didn't ask and I don't care. He told me what he wanted and now I'm telling you. Michael went quiet. Realizing he had said too much. I need you to rough him up a bit. Don't hurt him too badly. Just enough to scare him. Think you can handle it without getting caught? Yeah, no problem. Good. Good. Look at all directions later. Just be at O'Reilly's tomorrow night. Mr. Cole closed his carriage door and as it it pulled away, Michael stood there waiting for it to disappear. He knew this was a test. He also knew that it was a test that Katie wanted him to fail. Michael received his directions the next evening at O'Reilly's. He and Dan, who also worked for Mr. Cole, caught up with the young man later that evening. As the young man walked down the sidewalk, past an alleyway, and turned a corner, Dan stepped right in front of him. His collar turned up and his head hat down low. "You think you're going somewhere?" Without thinking, the man wheeled around, right into Michael, who hit him before the man could say anything. Wop to the, Whop fist to the stomach, then whack to the face. As the young man fell to his knees, he heard Michael's voice: "Go home. You don't belong here." Michael looked around to make sure there was no witnesses. Saying nothing to Danny and leaving the young man moaning on the ground, Michael walked back down the alleyway. Throwing up, he slid down the wall crying. Why couldn't he be the man who Katie deserved? Why was this what he did best? He finally got up realizing he wasn't going to find the answer in the alleyway. He raised his collar and hurried home. Katie rubbed her eyes which were watering as she tried to work on her stitching in the dim, dimming evening night. One stitch in, one stitch out, over and over again, and so she could do it without thought. Her mind wandered to Michael and what he was doing. She knew he, he should have been home hours ago. Damn you Michael O'Shannon, Shannon, where are you and what are you doing? She had long ago accepted that Michael was doing what he thought he had to do, but this didn't mean she liked it. She laid the cloth down on her lap, rubbing her eyes and picking it up again, and continuing one stitch in and one stitch out. Michael finally came in, opening the door to the flat as quietly as possible. Hello, Michael, Katie said with disappointing eyes that hurt Michael more than any punch could have. That is all she said as she went to the kitchen to get his dinner, placing a bowl of soup down in front of him. He whispered, Sorry. As he was being tackled by Michael Jr. and Mary. Hey you two, have you been good today and listened to your mother or have you been two little devils? Oh Papa, I've been good, but Michael stole an apple from the market. I did not. Did too. Miss Mary, hush, no one likes a tell-tale." Yeah, tattletale, tail. Michael turned his son's head toward him. Son, remember, people may not like a tell-tale, but they never trust a thief. Yes, Papa. Michael hugged both of them. Michael sat at the table eating the soup that Katie had given him. She didn't have to say anything to him since hello. After she finished getting the children down to sleep, she sat down in her chair next to him. Finally, Michael spoke. Do you plan not to say anything to me for the rest of the evening? I have nothing to say with you, Michael and Shannon. You know how I feel about you. what you're doing for Mr. Cole. I'm sorry, Michael, but it was for a good reason. It always is, said Katie as she went into the kitchen. Will you please forgive me, Michael said as he grabbed her around the waist. That charm's going to work on me tonight, as she pushed him away. Michael sat back down in his chair reluctantly. However, he did notice she was smiling when she said it. That made him smile too. She knew that things were going to be okay. She, he got up and left to go back to O'Reilly's. He knew he, he needed to give Katie some time. His head hurt terribly when he woke up the next morning it felt like an entire and five core was playing in it he got up slowly and curling his body as he rose kate and the children were already gone michael knew she had headed to mass and confession he also knew he needed to go to confession but the thought of it made him ill he told himself he would go tomorrow when his head didn't hurt so much he also knew he was lying confessing was the last thing he wanted to do and the thing he needed to do the most he finally got dressed and headed outside